As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. everybody welcome back to another episode of the beat not on a monday but it is a tuesday evening a lot of michigan stuff going on right now of course nick baumgartner along with austin meek here we're gonna talk some michigan football all things happening in austin there's a lot going on at the moment uh like probably too much for any one person to probably track altogether. <laughs> but uh it's been way, a day man gonna... it has yeah. been a day <laughs> it's been a day and a long string of days obviously so michigan today uh, makes the announcement that uh, due to COVID problems, uh, positive tests, the number I'd heard, uh, I believe Bruce Feldman reported the number was uh, around 45 players would have been out due to positive tests, um, contact tracing, and or injuries. I've heard a similar figure. I don't know if it's exactly 45 was what I'd heard, but I'd, I'd heard earlier this week that at least 16 positive tests now, um, this was yesterday as a Monday, I should say, and then at least six more in quarantine with, and they didn't know who, how many more were coming after that. And I think the anticipation was that there would be more. So game is canceled. Michigan medical professionals and everything else have deemed it not capable or not physically safe or what have you to play. Uh, also, we talked to Michigan athletic director Ward Manuel and Jim Harbaugh today and some medical staffers uh, who've all been very tight into all this. And, I, you know, right off the top, the sense that everyone had gotten was that Michigan was going to try everything it could to play. They wanted to play, and, you know, they just couldn't make it happen. They tried to practice yesterday. They tried to schedule it today, but they just couldn't get a handle on the whole thing. Yeah, if you think back to Michigan's approach back in August, when initially the Big Ten said that it was not going to play this season, Jim Harbaugh's approach was basically like, hey, we're going to go out there and we're going to prepare for the possibility that we get to play. And I think that that's what Michigan was doing for this game, we had a sense uh, after yeah. talking to people last week that it was going to be really difficult for Michigan to mm-hmm. play a game this weekend. But you know, th- for a lot of reasons, I think it, it was important that that they gave it their best shot. Partially yeah. because there was the the sentiment out there that that we heard, and certainly that Ward Manuel heard and was not happy about that Michigan might just throw in the towel 
uh, either because they were afraid of, of getting beat or because they wanted to penalize Ohio State and keep mm-hmm. them out of the championship game. And so for that reason, I think it was important that Michigan did everything they could to get out on the field. And putting all that aside, you know, I, I do believe, say what you want about Jim Harbaugh, he's a competitive guy. Yeah. Uh, if you give Jim Harbaugh a third string walk-on quarterback <laughs> and say, okay, you've got three days to figure out how to beat Ohio State, yeah. You know, we'll see you there. If anybody's crazy <laughs> enough to try it, <laughs> right. it's, it's yeah, Jim Harbaugh. Right. So I do believe that they did try to play this game, uh, but I also believe that the writing had been on the wall for for a while that it it just wasn't going to happen. Yeah, that's a hundred percent. I mean, I would agree with that a hundred percent. I think that anybody who spent any time, um, you know, any time with Jim Harbaugh in any setting, whether it be small setting, larger setting, medium setting, whatever, if you've talked to him at all for any length of time. Everyone, I guess, except Kirk Herbstreet, I guess we can just say that, you would know that the last thing in his world would be running away from a football game, trying to run away from a football game, especially this one. I mean, come on. We just had the Zoom call today. I mean, I don't know if you were watching, looking around the uh, icon screen there. Dan Deardorff's on the call, right? Yeah, like John there. Jansen works at the school. Jim Harbaugh played at Michigan, played in the Ohio State game. Some of his best moments as a player were in that game. Like... To suggest that was so irresponsible and so ridiculous, and Michigan's reaction was warranted uh, in every way. Uh, it's unfortunate all this that's happened all season, obviously, and it's unfortunate that obviously the optics of it were terrible for all involved. Because I mean, Ohio State was a thirty-point favorite, which I believe is a record. Um, I'm pretty sure it's a record. Actually, I think it was the previous high was like twenty-one and a half, maybe somewhere in there, uh, in the fourteen game, uh, Brady Hoke's last game, believe it or not. So, you know, it looked like, you know, they're going to go out there and just get destroyed and they were going to try to, you know, and people, I guess their reaction would be if you don't know Jim Harbaugh or don't know anything about this would be, well, why would they do that, right? But that's really not the case at all. That's just, you know, silly to even even bring that up. Um, and of course, they, you know, they were going to give it all their effort. But yeah, I mean, I think the number, you know, that Bruce, you know, the contact tracing, I think here was the big one to us. And like, I think that adds to the additional, you know, already known positives and some other guys were just going to, ha- it was going to be too difficult, you know, to wait and see what happened. Obviously, I think maybe the holidays might've gotten involved there too. Um, you know, Thanksgiving holiday there last week. So, you know, they, they practiced yesterday in helmets and just kind of, they really couldn't do anything. It wasn't really a practice. And I think today's, whatever it was scheduled to be was going to be probably similar. And from moving forward now, it seems they're going to continue to try the day-to-day testing and, um, and see what happens from there. I guess is the season Austin is I guess not over. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. I don't yeah, know. Like, I, you yeah, know, I didn't right. when we were sitting in the press box on the Saturday after Thanksgiving, it didn't occur to me that we were watching the final moments of Michigan season, but that that's at least a possibility. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, Jim Harbaugh was asked today if if he thought that they would be able to play on the final week of the season and he said, you know, they they're still hoping that they can. It's still sure. possible that they can. But I think it's the same kind of deal, really, with this game is that, you know, as long as there's a possibility, they're going to try to prepare for it. But it looks to me like even trying to play next weekend is, is going to mm-hmm. be a going to be a tough task. I, I was told today it's, you know, 50 50 at best. And, and I think yeah. you know, that is going to require um, some some things going right for them over the next few days so you know obviously we hope um you know first and foremost we hope everybody's okay uh we hope everybody's getting better uh regardless of whether they they play again this season or not but man i just think we have to sit here and we look back on how this started you know i just got done Mm -hmm. writing the story and thinking back three months ago when jim harbaugh was was marching across campus and the players were 
you know, making their voices heard that they, they wanted to play. And mm-hmm. Jim Harbaugh has said, you know, even knowing what he knows now, he doesn't doesn't regret playing this season. But boy, I think if you if you told anybody back then how this was going to end, I think at least you would have had to think twice about it, right? Because yeah, um, you know, to be looking at this now, Michigan is is two and four, may not play again this season, may end up with their last three games canceled because of a, a COVID nineteen outbreak, and it you know it's it's what you were afraid of, it's what you hoped would not happen. Yeah, uh, but. But here we are, you know, and I think there's you know, there's a lot of things we can talk about. We can talk about what the Big Ten did right and wrong. We can talk about what Michigan right. did right and wrong. We can talk about just what's gone on in our country over the yeah. last few months. Uh, and I think all of that is, you know, is, is part of how we got to where we are right now. Yeah, it's a wild time and there's really no way to... Uh you know, put this right down the middle on anything because it's all over the place. I mean, it's just, you know, it was an unpredictable year and it was an unpredictable situation. The Big Ten, you know, had its communication issues. But like you said, Austin, I mean, that got politicized immediately and turned into, you know, a hornet's nest that most people could have told you was probably coming <laughs> if you let it get to that point. But they did. And, you know, this is going to, you know, this game is going to, this game not happening is a huge deal. I mean, it's, yeah. you know, it's a historic but 1917, I think, is the last time these two teams didn't play. Right. Um, you know, let's keep in mind here, Fox. Fox paid a billion dollars to the Big Ten for this game, basically. Like, part of the, a huge part of the reason that Fox agreed to that massive co-television deal with the Big Ten, you know, along with ESPN, however, what was it, like three or four years ago? That's actually about to come up here soon, I think. Part the, one of the, the, the number one reason was that they could, that they got this game. And it was like their whole thing. And that big noon Saturday with Urban on there the whole time. I mean, that's that's going to have ramifications. I mean, just the fact that it's not being played. I mean, it's going to gut everybody on both rosters that, you know, wanted to do this. The players wanted to do it, obviously, on both sides. Ohio State obviously wanted to do it. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. I, you know, it's just one of those deals that, you know, people can be upset about it. And people might always have their theories, I guess, because that's what people do now. But, I mean, you know, all we can do is tell you what happened. And what happened is, is Michigan tried um, – they tried. I mean, they tried to do it. They tried to go out there and, and see if they could get this thing held together, and and they were unable to. And you know, I think that today, you know, we talked to, you know, people on there, and I believe uh, Daryl Conway, one of the medical professionals there, had said, is, "Am I getting his last name right?" Also, yeah, is it Conway? Yeah, yeah. Conway. Um, had said that you know they haven't had anybody miss a test since this thing started. Player, or coach, everybody's come in every single day for the you know to get the nose swab and everything else, and they've been all through this and. Again, I mean, we've said this a hundred times on this show all season. You know, if you're showing up every day right now uh, and you're putting pads on or a helmet on or doing whatever you're told or going to stand where you're supposed to stand, then you're in it and you're here for it. And all those kids were here for it. And for anybody to just guess otherwise is just embarrassing. I don't know how else to say it, especially for somebody on national television, but that's a separate issue altogether. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card.
And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Also, Austin, we do have separate issues, too, here, as Michigan has some other things uh, still hanging around that was talked about today as well. Yeah, let's get into it. I mean, that's, I guess. as we look at you know the, the possibility that Michigan's season is over here, uh, we've known for, for a long time that when this season ended, there was going to be some, some big decisions that had to be made by Ward Manuel and by Jim Harbaugh, and if if we're not there, boy, we're really close. And mm-hmm. I know Ward Manual today didn't want to get pinned down really on a timeline, right. but whatever he's saying publicly, they got to get this done. You know, they got to yeah. get it done. If not this week, they really need to get it done before signing day next week. And so what do we think, Nick? What have you heard? Are they close? Where do we stand? Well, I, I mean, I would say that everything we've written for the last several months, and we're not the only ones who've written this, other people have too, um, you know, is that the preference the whole time was to have resolution on this within like two days after the season ended. And in this setting, you know, in the regular setting, if you're playing a regular season, before COVID even, let's say, that would have meant, you know, two days after the Ohio State game. In this setting, it still would have meant two days after the Ohio State game, uh, which happened to be two days, you know, basically two days before signing day. And, you know, that's been sort of the sense or hope or whatever you want to call it, you know, that let's, we want this to be done by then. Let that's, we, that should be enough time. You know, Ward has told, you know, people that need to be told that that was, that was the plan that when the season was over, he and Jim were going to hash this out and have a resolution and they would move forward. Um, you know, but again, with this thing being canceled, it was like, well, does that mean that today is the end of the season? Because in theory, I suppose it is, but the fact that you have this December 18th and 19th, uh, you know, either, or the champions week game, the crossover game, uh, would technically, I suppose, you know, be the end of your season. And the reason why this is being done this way, the end of the season is because this is Jim Harbaugh's preference. Um, he doesn't want to talk about jobs or contracts or things that he believes distract him from the job at hand, which is coaching this football team and trying to get them through, you know, all the things that they need to get through every single day. And, you know, in in a lot of ways that's, you know, you understand it, right? It's, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, you can respect it because it's somebody who's not trying to wander, you know, further way off task um, and all those things. But at the same time, you have to be a little more practical here. And also I would suggest that as we've written several times, that this deal, this thing never, it should have never gotten to January 1st, 2020, you know, for, you know, before COVID, there's no reason that this contract needed to go into the start of year six on a seven year deal, zero, other than the fact that Jim Harbaugh didn't want to engage in conversations while he was currently working like that, you know, no one pressed it, at least not enough. And, you know, here you are and it's a pickle and yeah, you're right. I mean, it needs to be done before signing day. Uh, you know, it does. Like, that's just that's just the reality of the situation. I still think that's the preference uh, from Michigan's end. I don't know. But again, like you, like we've said a thousand times, I mean, resolution on this lesson could come this week. It could come next week. It could come after the 18th or 19th now. I mean, I, you know, that's that's the thing that I'm not real sure about. But also you, you peel it all back and you say, well, why hasn't it been done? 
You know, why hasn't it been hammered out and signed? You know, are there sticking points here within negotiations? Because ultimately, like we've reported, you know, he knows what the offer is. He knows the deal. <laughs> he knows that it's it's for less money. Uh, you know, the incentives. I mean, these things have been discussed. This isn't something that people are just making up. You know, this is this is real. And, you know, it's going to be a matter of, as I wrote today a little bit, you know, there's there's some things about, you know, maybe what, some questions hanging about what would the money look like next year is, you know, technically he's still on the original contract and year seven of that deal with, you know, raises and the deferred compensation and everything else would would have him around eight million next year. And, you know, does he want that in addition, you know, on top of everything else? And do they not want that? You know, that's that's the answers that we kind of don't have. And then beyond that, it's the, the real answer here is that we don't have is what Jim Harbaugh wants to do. And he said, I'm going to let my actions speak for me. He's told recruits, I plan to be here. Um, same to players, I believe. I don't know how many coaches he's told that to uh, <laughs> at the same time. But that, you know, seems to be his intent. But I think that that also would sort of hinge on, well, what's this contract situation going to be? And at the same time, Michigan's I believe intent the whole time has been, we'd like to bring you back, um, but for less money. And we really don't want to go any higher. And if you have a problem with that, then we maybe we need to part ways. And I think that that's sort of the, the prevailing thought here of all of what's going on, kind of what we wrote the other day. And yeah, they can't go much longer. I mean, nobody, I don't think, wants this to go into year seven. I mean, maybe Jim Harbaugh does. I don't know, but I don't think anybody else does, you know? And so, I mean, I know they don't, I should say. And so, long story short here, I mean, what do we got? At least another 10 or 11 days until the 19th. I can't imagine it's much longer than that. Before Christmas, certainly, it would have to. I would have to think. But really, in reality, you need to get it done before signing day. It's, it's going to be a complete mess if you go into signing day and he hasn't signed. You're going you're gonna to lose, like, half your class. If you don't, then more power to you guys. That's a great job of keeping them on board. But, like, that's the concern. And it's, you know, the negative recruiting, they addressed that a little bit today. They said it's been going on forever and it'll continue to go on. But, like... Saying that negative recruiting is happening isn't going to stop it from happening, and it's not going to lessen the impact of it, right? So I don't know. I mean, that's kind of where it's at. If you want to parse Ward Manuel's words really closely, he was asked today basically to confirm that there was a contract extension on the table for Jim Harbaugh. And he said that at the end of the season, he was going to sit down with Jim Harbaugh and talk about the direction of the program, which to be clear... I think he's probably telling the truth about that. That probably yeah, is a conversation I, yes. that's going to happen. 100%. That's a different conversation than the contract. Yeah. Right now, we got to figure out one way or the other, Ward Manuel's going to be talking to somebody after this season about the direction <laughs> of the program. Is it going to be Jim Harbaugh? Is it going to be Matt Campbell? Is it going to be somebody yeah. else? That's what we're figuring out right now. And if Jim Harbaugh signs that contract extension, then yeah, I think there's a really hard conversation, frankly between Ward mm-hmm. Manuel and Jim Harbaugh after the season, whenever that comes, uh, you know, if, yeah. if they play again, great. If, if they don't, whatever, you know, on January 20th or excuse me, December 20th, uh, they're going to sit down and they're going to say, okay, how do we fix this? And if, if Jim Harbaugh is the coach, if he wants to be here, he's got that opportunity to be the guy in the room with Ward Manuel to say, okay, here's how we're going to fix this. And and they're going to, they're going to make a plan to do it. You know, if, right. if Jim Harbaugh wants that, I think we believe that that option is, is open to him. Mm-hmm. Now he's going to have to make some sacrifices. Uh, he, he's not going to be able to come back with the same financial terms that he had under his original contract. 
He's not going to be able to bring his entire staff back, even if he wanted to. So that's where you get into, you know, what is, what is the plan? Um, And I think, you know, I think we both have a sense that if Jim Harbaugh is back, there are going to be big changes here. Uh, And I guess, you know, what could that look like, Nick? What, you know, what do you think that conversation is going to be? If Jim Harbaugh signs that contract extension and he's sitting down with Ward Manuel after, after the season, what is his plan to fix this? Yeah. I I don't even know if I would say that. I mean, I don't think Harbaugh would need to be told. I think he knows, you Mm -hmm. know, I think he knows that. And again, like, yeah, no, they would need to have the conversation because if it's not enough, right. Like if it's, if, if it's Michigan saying, well, we'd like more than that. Right. But no, I mean, I think Harbaugh knows, I know he knows that, you know, some things have got to change here and probably not some, probably more than some, you know, you know, a a good amount because, you know, I think it would have to start with, you know, it's two things for me, it's recruiting and defense. And I think that they're both kind of tied together. And, you know, I think that those two silos kind of, you know, your recruiting operation, everything you do in recruiting, I think needs to be peeled back and examined and everything needs to be on the table there in terms of, you know, what you want to do, because I mean, we can look out there and, and we can just say it. I mean, you know, the talent, level on this team this season, uh, even with the guys that opted out and, you know, and guys that got hurt, they were thin, they were thin anyway, you mm-hmm. know, let's not, let's not let all this sort of cloud the reality that was sitting here on January one, they were, they were a thin team. This was not going to be a deep team. This could be a team that was going to have to grind and work and they were going to have to find some guys, you know, some guys that were maybe developmental pieces that maybe their, you know, track was going to have to step up, but you know, bottom line, the, the misses they had in 2018 have come back to haunt them. And they're thinner than they've been. You know, they had a nice nicer class in 19 with some nice pieces. You know, solid group in 20. You know, solid looking group here in 21. But it's not what it was in 16 and 17. In 16 and 17, it was, we're talking, you know, premium players. We're talking, top you know, a good presence in the top 50, top 100. More than we're seeing here now. And there's been some. But it's just fallen off. And I think, you know, we can all sit here and, and we, you know, tell you straight up. It'll fall off even further now, right? And so I think ultimately when you're looking at what you do defensively, you know, if you want to have uh, – if you want to have a good defense, number one, it's got to have talent in college football. If you want to beat Ohio State and play with these big teams, you've got to have, you've got to have guys. Your defensive linemen have got to be better than this, especially up the middle. Your linebackers have to be faster. Uh, your corners have to be better, and your safeties have to be more reliable. The defensive ends were, were really the only thing Michigan had going into this year defensively that was up to par. Aiden Hutchinson and Quiddy Pay, uh, and you know Cameron McGrone's a nice, nice young player, but not quite there yet. Daxon Hill's a nice young player, uh, but not quite there yet. Also, not being coached right because the guy that they hired <laughs> to coach him is yeah. is you know whatever. So you know there's there's situations like that, but they were they were thin, and you know they had they were hurt by some early. I guess an early exit in Cesar Ruiz and then, you know, Nico and those guys on offense. But again, you know, they were, they were thin. And I think that the talent level's low. So you got to look at that. And I would say the, yeah, the defensive staff. And that would start with Don Brown. And I, I would venture to argue that, you know, maybe more, <laughs> you know, maybe, mm-hmm. maybe multiple people on the defensive staff. I don't know. Um, you know, maybe some people on the offensive staff too. I, I would think that everything would have to be on the table. And when we say, and this is, a, this is the whole thing comes down to, you know, this would have to basically be a restart, I think, in, in a lot of ways, because it's it's broken. I mean, this, the, the situation and the way that they're operating, 
it's there's a disconnect. You can't deny it. It's just there. And, you know, Jim Harbaugh's the head of it. He's the head of the program. So when we say peel it back and, and really get in there, I think he, that means you have to look at absolutely everything. Every hire he's made, I think he would have to look at and really overview it. And I think he's done that in the past. I, I know he has, in fact. Um, he's made tough decisions before. He's made changes before, a lot of changes sometimes. And he's not afraid to do that. Uh, and, you know, I don't think he'll be afraid to do that again. I, I know he won't be afraid to do that again. But my question is, you know, is it going to be enough? Because I feel like it's, again, I feel like it's too late. You know, we talked about this, Austin, I think last year. I liked the hire of Josh Gaddis. I thought it was two years too late. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I liked the hire, uh, you know, I liked it. But it's like, it's it's a little late. And I think Don Brown and the defense, you knew where this talent, you know, on the team was kind of trending. And you're still trying to play like this, and it's just not its not coming together. So I just think there's a disconnect here. It has to be addressed. Guys are not, hang, you know, they're having a hard time, you know, with confidence and the plan and everything else. And obviously COVID impacts all that. But, you know, I just got to think that, you know, change would have to be big change. Not like we're just going to run it back and do it again. No, for less money. No, I think it would have to include large change. And I think Jim Harbaugh knows that. And I... I assume, anyway, that he's prepared to you know, act on that uh, when the time comes, if the time comes. We said this in the roundtable, and it's the thing that I keep going back to, is there's just no, there's no good option for Michigan at this point. You're, you're choosing yes. among flawed options. Because yeah. if you're going to go out there and try to hire a coach right now, that comes with a lot of unknowns. Even if it's somebody it like Matt Campbell, even if you can get the guy who's number one on your list, uh, and, and a, you know, if there's a candidate out there that Ward Manuel feels really good about, even if you can get him, it's going to mm-hmm. be a tough, tough transition. And this is a really tough time to be trying to to bring in a whole new staff and, and restart a, a football program in the midst of, of the budget deficits. And you, know, you can't get kids on campus. There's just a lot of there's a lot of reasons yeah. why this is not a good time to be changing coaches. But at the same time, uh, nobody's going to be you know, if you're talking about the Michigan fan base, uh, nobody's going to be celebrating in the streets about a Jim Harbaugh contract extension. You know, even the people who support it, it's kind of like, well, yeah, uh, you know, yeah. Right. <laughs> we don't have any better choices. And that may well be what the situation is, that they just, you know, they don't have any better choices. Uh, and right. they're going to try to do this for another year. And, you know, I think both of us have some skepticism about six years into this, can Jim Harbaugh reinvent himself in a way right. that's going to lead to different results. And I really, I don't know. I mean, like you said, the Josh Gaddis hire, you know, that was that was painted as this is Jim Harbaugh, you know, catching up Changing. with the times. Yeah, yeah reinventing right. himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're, we're two years into it, and I don't know that Josh Gaddis has really gotten, you know, a, a fair chance to show what he can do it's here hard, yeah. for a lot of reasons. Uh, but at the same time, you know, you're two years into it. You, you should be seeing the returns on that. But, you know, I, I think you said it. I think this is absolutely right, that it just feels like everything with Jim Harbaugh in Michigan is is a step behind. You know, the coaches who are, are winning the game right now in college football are always a step ahead. Yep. And Michigan is always a step behind. Behind, You know, they're, they're doing the thing. You know, it's the right thing to do, but maybe it should have happened a couple years ago. Uh, and when you're constantly playing catch-up like that, you know, the, the teams that you're chasing are always two steps ahead of you. And that's where it is right now with Ohio State. You know, they 
went through a transition with Urban Meyer and Ryan Day, and people wondered, well, you know, is this Michigan's chance to catch up? But Ohio mm-hmm. State has has stayed two steps ahead, three steps ahead, ten steps yep. ahead, however you want to say it. Uh, and you know that that doesn't seem to be changing anytime soon. It's you know in the high stakes end of the pool, you know, and we talk about when you when the time is, comes to change. You know, oftentimes, when you're on time with your change, you're late. And when you're late, you're really in trouble. And I think that that's sort of, if that makes any sense, mm-hmm. right? Like if if you haven't, you know, I think what made Urban Meyer so good in so many in so many ways was his ability to see things happening sort of before it was time to address them. And not always, because sometimes he would just let things fester as we've seen. But I think that, you know, in terms of a football sense, if you got to make change with just purely, I'm just purely talking football, not off the field stuff, anything else. If, if you know that something is not working, uh, you know, there has to be a point in time, probably, you know, earlier than you're comfortable with that you have to address that and attack it. You can't just sort of like let it sit there and say, we'll see what happens. And that's the hard part about college football because that's sort of the nature of the beast here. You're trying to develop players and kids and that takes time. So you're right. I mean, it just, it feels like they've been a step behind for a while. It felt like they were closer um you know, earlier in Harbaugh's tenure, in those first couple of years, I would still stay a step or two behind. But you know, it was understandable because he was just starting out. But he had a lot of fire and a lot of a lot of momentum with all the attention and everything else. And then you know that sort of stopped, and the you know the the the, the momentum stopped anyway. And they just they've just slipped slowly, you know, little by little, one thing after another. Everybody who's followed this thing closely over the last several years knows all the things I'm talking about right here. You know, Greg Madison and L. Washington getting hired off your staff to Ohio State. What in the hell? <laughs> like, I mean, that's a problem, right? Like that, you know, stuff like that. So, you know, there's little things, you know, across the way, and it just and it all adds up. And now you look up and you say, well, we're not even close to that. You're not even cl- you're not even in the same stratosphere right. as Ohio State. And so, well, now what? Because you're not you're not you're you're dipping behind Wisconsin. You're dipping behind Penn State. You've lost to Michigan State here this year, like. There's some regression that's happening that's been happening that hasn't really been addressed, and now it's kind of snowballed, and it, you know, they were late. They were late to address a lot of this stuff, and it's all piling up now, and that's that happens in college football, and oftentimes it happens at the end of someone's tenure. Uh, but like we said the other day with what we wrote on uh, Monday there, whatever day it is, um, <laughs> that there's a lot of nuance here, you know, like uh, this is... Jim Harbaugh, we're talking about this is, you know, he played here. He was a legend here. He was a beloved player. He loves the place as much as it frustrates him, I think, at times. And as much as he frustrates this place at times, I think Michigan loves Jim Harbaugh as well. And so everyone, I believe, wants this to work. And I don't think Ward Manuel is ready to throw in that towel for a number of different reasons. All the ones that you've said also, Austin, but also... In, I. I just don't think they're ready to quit on him. But like at the same time, everyone knows that the performance on the field has not been, you know, $8 million a year worth. It just hasn't been. So, you know, this has to change. But I, I would also counter this. And this is why this gets so difficult. If you're Jim Harbaugh, okay, let's put ourselves in his shoes. And they come to you and say, like, less money, uh, lower, de- lower buyout, mm-hmm. you know, like. And he's looking at that saying, well, hell, guys, like, if I get... Three games into next year and we're stumbling a little bit, you're just going to fire me. And I'm not going to, you know, and I'm going to be out of here. So, like, 
How do I know that's not going to happen? Do I have any assurances that you actually believe in me? Or are you only giving me this because you don't know what else to do? And like, that's kind of, when you look at both sides of it, that's what it feels like to me, where it's like, mm. you got two people on both sides that have pretty, pretty legitimate arguments about like, what do you want me to do here? You know, <laughs> where, where do we need to meet in the middle? And, you know, you got to do it at some point, you got to finalize it because, you know, one way or the other, you got to move forward. And, uh, you know, I would say time has been ticking. And it's about out. I think I would say I would say it's out. Okay, if you're asking me, when's the season over? It ended at what time did that release come out? One, whatever. That's when the season ended. You don't know if you're playing in two weeks. You don't. There's no reason to wait two more weeks or whatever. It is. There just isn't. I, you know, unless I just don't see what what that would be. So unless you're that far apart, you know, that's the only other. So otherwise, we'll see. I mean, I don't know that it that it that it won't happen before. I, I don't know that. I mean, it could, and that's all anyone's you know said that they expected. You know, when the season was over, whenever whatever date that determination is, and I guess that needed to be clarified today. Which, you know, thank God Angelique asked um, Ward that at the end because it was like you guys didn't say when the <laughs> when you think the season is over. When uh-huh. you could at least tell us that. And so you know, I mean, that could be semantics. You know, we'll see. Um, but I don't think it'll be too much longer. I, I really don't. I don't think this is going to go into next year. I think they'll have a res- resolution, and you know, we'll see. I don't know about all the you know the NFL stuff. I know that um, you know it's been reported that teams have expressed interest in him. I don't know what that means. I, I you know, basically, I, I've heard that doesn't necessarily mean that anyone's offered him a job, a head coaching job, uh, and he certainly probably won't have one. Uh, in his pocket by next Wednesday. So, and probably not by December 19th either. So, you know, in that sense, in terms of leverage uh, in the negotiation part, you know, maybe that's not quite what it's cracked up to be, but, you know, that seems to be also a thing at play here too. Victorinox, the makers of the original Swiss Army Knife, have been a reliable companion for life's everyday challenges, mastering functionality, innovation, iconic design, and uncompromising quality with its products. The Victorinox Swiss Army Knife provides you with all the things you don't think about until you need it. Tweezers, a screwdriver, and even a corkscrew. With the Victorinox Swiss Army Knife, you can be prepared to master everyday life. You can find Victorinox Swiss Army Knives at Dick's Sporting Goods. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. In college football, there is always this fine line because you don't want to be too early, but you really don't want to be too late. And you see these coaches get fired, like Willie Taggart got fired, what, in year two at Florida State? Before the end of year two. Right, right? yeah. And you you look at these situations and you think, man, that happens so fast. That happens Mm -hmm. so early. But the reason that happens is because schools make this calculation sometimes and they say... You know, we'd rather be too early than be too late because if if you let a bad situation go on too long, it it makes it even harder to get out of it. Now you can look at Florida State and say, it had, you know, it hasn't actually uh, hasn't done a whole lot for them, you know, to make that coaching change because you know they're still yeah. a mess. So schools that are a mess tend to stay a mess. But you know, I I think as you look as it pertains to Jim Harbaugh, as you look at it now, I you know the danger would be 
that, you, that he comes back next year and it just doesn't work. You know, you right. continue this downward trend and now all of a sudden you're in a deeper hole than you're in now. And mm-hmm. I, you know, I think that that's got to be something that, that's got to be something that Ward Manuel considers. You know, this you can't go into this thinking that you know, well, Jim's going to just magically turn it around next year and and make us all look good because the you know the downside, the risk of of extending Jim Harbaugh's contract is that things go bad next year and you're sitting at the end of year seven doing what you wish you had done at yeah, the end of year wish, six. Yeah. Uh, you know, the thing that I think part of what's helping Jim Harbaugh right now, frankly, is. He's got a recruiting class right right now that, that's ranked near the top ten. You know, if, yeah. if Xavier Worthy flips to Alabama, maybe you're a little bit outside the top ten, but it's a mm-hmm. good class. And JJ McCarthy has said that he's signing. He's, uh, he's yeah. locked and loaded. So you know, there's not going to be a huge talent drop off in terms of the class coming in. It's not like Jim Harbaugh has a class you know ranked in the 60s. Um, so. You know, if you have to, if you're back in this situation a year from now, if if Michigan goes five and seven next year, and you just have no choice but but to make a change, you know, there's going to be some there's going to be some talent there, um, but right. you know, you just you have to weigh, um, you know, could could you end up in a deeper hole if if you wait too long? I I think that's that's what the risk of it is, and from Jim Harbaugh's side, like you mentioned, you know, there's some risk for him too. Um, yes. You know, he's got. He's got an option to come back. Uh, but like you said, there may not be a lot guaranteed with that option. And maybe from his standpoint, you know, the safer thing is if you think you can you know, restart the shot clock somewhere, if mm-hmm. even one of those you know reported NFL teams that is interested in, in him, if even one of them is willing to give him a chance, what that guarantees him is, is a fresh start. Yeah. Uh, and that's, you know... <laughs> That's been the pattern for him is that wherever he goes, he comes in and he, you know, he grinds and he wears everybody down <laughs> and he wins some games and, and kind of flames out. And there gets a point where everybody is ready to move on. And, and right. I tell you what, I mean, and, based on what you've heard, what we've all heard, there, there's yeah. some people at Michigan who are about there right now. And Jim Harbaugh yeah, has been some. here six years, which is longer yeah. than he's been anywhere else. And so in a way, you know, it would, it would be fitting in the pattern for him to say, you know what, let's find a fresh start somewhere. Let's start this over and, you know, start the cycle all over again. But I, you know, it's just, it's Michigan. It's different. Uh, There's just, you know, there's this, um, there's sentimental attachment with Jim Arbaugh. And I think it probably goes both ways that if there's any place uh, where, you know, Jim Harbaugh is going to buckle down and try to make it work, it feels like it's going to be this place. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that 100%. You know, that is different here. But I would also say this, um, and I don't want to like call myself a Harbaugh historian because I don't like that. I mean, but I've, covered, I've been covering him a while now, okay? Like, I, I mean, it's been a minute. Uh, this has been a, he's been a interesting cover, I think I'll, I'll say. I think anybody who's covered him the whole way would, would agree with me. Uh, and that includes, obviously, I know what happened at the end of the, uh, at the end with Stanford. I know what happened at the end with San Francisco and I know what's happening at the end here. And they're all pretty similar. If I'm going to be brutally honest with you, nobody knew what was happening when, the, when he was wrapping up at Stanford, if you can recall, uh, he didn't say anything to anybody. He never talked to anybody, never said anything, kept everything, you know, quiet behind the vest. Stanford offered him more money. Uh, the, Michigan was in play on some level. I don't know how much at the time. Um, you know, at least, or he was somewhat interested. Some would have you believe. Uh, and then he ends up going to San Francisco. And then when that ends, 
in in San Francisco, it was that that was the whole season. It was September, October, November, and December was every day for every week of that year was Jim Harbaugh getting and t- actually I would say every day past maybe you know end of I guess that's not fair maybe mid to end of October certainly by Thanksgiving it was a, a daily you know and you know in the NFL you know this Austin you have to talk yeah. four or five times <laughs> yeah. a week so he'd get up there every day four or five times a week and people would ask about his contract and he would stand there and just be like I got I work for the uh Pleasure of the organization. I'm under contract for another, you know, for X number of whatever days. And that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to work it out. And he just wouldn't talk about, you know, and he talks to no one. And so it's happening again because it's his preferred method of business. This is just what he prefers to do. You know, I wrote that story last year about, you know, his relationships over the years with agents, uh, how he's never really had one. Even when he had technically, you know, Lee Steinberg, Jack Beck, those guys, represented him but they never and you could talk I talked to both of them they would tell you like I never considered Jim a client in the way that I considered other people a client because it was just different it was just he just didn't want to be bothered with things you know past okay my contract is up right now let's get it done and then so I don't have to worry about it again until it's literally up again that's just how he is and you know is that practical probably not you know especially not in today's world it's not ideal but that's how he is and in a lot of ways I can respect Ward Manual for trying to support that. And I think that Ward Manual is trying to support that through a lot of anxiety and everything else. He is trying to be there for his coach, I think, right now. I think that's what we saw today. And I, you know, I think in good faith, I mean, these guys play together. You know, they were on the same, they played on a team together. And I know that that sort of thing shouldn't cloud, you know, how you go about this, but like you can't just take the human element out of it either. And I think that that is something that needs to be remembered here. Um, that while people can get frustrated and while none of this should be in the situation that it is in, it is in the situation now and all things are happening at the same time with the pandemic. So it's really hard, you know, and it's a difficult deal. But, you know, again, it's a bottom line situation. Like we said at the top, you really have to get this thing done. I would think before signing day. And if you want to roll the dice, then, you know, uh, uh, go for it. But I don't know if it's going to work. You know, I mean, maybe it will, but you know, I don't know. That's that's the hard part here, because like you said, Austin, and I think I've been told the same thing several times. You know, they're, they're, Michigan is in the middle of multiple options, and none of them are ideal. And I think that that's uh, that's a situation they've sort of created for themselves in a lot of ways, and the situation they're definitely in. And uh, we'll see how they get out of it. All right. Well, I'm gonna go sleep for about. <laughs> 13 hours here and then uh, wake up tomorrow and go back on uh, Harbaugh watch. So that's, uh, that's my life right now. It's probably your life too. There you um, go. But one way or another, hopefully, uh, who knows next time we're doing this show, maybe we will, uh, maybe we'll have some resolution. Uh, so to- yeah. And I would also say also before we get out of here, yeah. it was important to note today that Ward manual uh, with the Ohio state stuff, you know, Ward said he thinks Ohio state should get a chance to play in the, championship game, I believe, or the playoff yeah. or something, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Uh, he said he believes they're one of the best four teams in the country and believe and, and and hopes they have a chance to do that and hopes this game, this cancellation, does not impact that. And I would say that that is echoed, I think, by most people, probably everyone in a decision-making role at Michigan, but, you know, most people there would probably say the same thing. And, you know, you're not going to ask Jim Harbaugh to say that, you know, obviously, but I think that right. if you got him in a candid moment, he'd probably tell you the same thing. I don't, I hope that this doesn't ruin their year. That's not the intent here. We we couldn't play is what it is. And, you know, you have to just deal with it. Yeah. Look, I, yeah. And I think, you know, there's a, I think there's a conversation to be had in terms of what the Big Ten does with its championship game. And, and Ward Manuel said that he was, 
perfectly open and okay with revisiting those rules that they made, you know, in a different time and place. You know, it feels like a different a lifetime ago, right? Yeah. When the Big Ten was making these rules. So it, it really doesn't make sense to tie yourself to things that you decided three months ago, uh, be, you know, back when nobody really exactly. knew where this thing was going to yeah. go. Uh, but either way, even if the Big Ten doesn't do anything with it, even if, even if they don't let Ohio State play for the championship, you know, at some level, who cares, right? Like, right. you know, yeah. Ohio State cares. Like, they, they want to win a Big Ten championship, sure. but they've got much bigger aspirations than that. And, you know, the people on the selection committee, the, I'm sure that they realize that, you know, their job this year is to basically just throw out all that other stuff and tell us who the four best teams are. And Ohio State is clearly one of the four best yeah. teams. Whether yes. they play Michigan or not, it doesn't matter. You know, they're going to be in. I, that was going to change nothing. That's yeah, the other exactly. thing. Yeah. If they blew them out, is that a good win? Like, I mean, I don't think it changes their resume. It obviously no. it's a win, but like, you're right. I mean, yeah, I don't know. It's not the same. It's not the same as it was. So, All right, folks. Well, hey, great time to subscribe to The Athletic uh, because uh, Nick, Nick and myself will be covering all the twists and turns of, of the Harbaugh contract saga as that resolves itself. So, also the Lions. Uh, oh, yes, I forgot about the Lions. <laughs> yeah, look, at me. I'm sitting here like complaining about myself, and this is like one of three coaching searches you've got going on right now. Right? Going so, for the record, I'll yeah. see. So, one, one, day, one day we'll get there. Hardest working man uh, in, in showbiz here. <laughs> All right, everybody. Hey, thanks for checking out the show. We'll be back to talk to you soon on The Beat. Sweet town's on my day. I-